Welcome to Thinking Outside the Box with Gavin Rubinstein. Conversations between Gavin and the people he believes have trailblazed by thinking outside the box in their field, industry, or even just in his office. Ladies and gentlemen, Tom Panos, real estate royalty, the man, the absolute king in his space for Australian real estate. Welcome and thank you. Gav, it's so good because I'm doing something that I love doing, but at the same time, I get to see you. Obviously, COVID, you know, stopped the operating rhythm of seeing each other. So it's good to see you. And um, it's an absolute pleasure to being back here at this office. Love it here. And the shoe's on the other foot, right? Because usually you're doing the interviewing. Today, I'm doing the interviewing. I'm actually excited about what I think most listeners will be excited about, which is to learn what is the genius of you. And I find through all of the podcasts you've done, and I've watched a lot of them, you talk about the person you're interviewing and a lot of the genius of you is missed. And that's what I want to unpack today because you've been thinking outside the box since day one. So Gav, I've come here today. All I had was the calendar appointment from you and a short conversation we had. There's no structure. There's no questions. There's no, this, this is what we're going to cover. But I just trust the flow of the conversation with you, Gav. And I've got to tell you, I'm not paranoid about anything, so you can ask him. So nothing's off limits. Nothing, nothing. Beautiful. Let's get deep and personal. Tommy, let's talk about Tom Panos growing up, from a kid to now in a summarised version. Run me through it. Born in 67, lived in Newtown, Marrickville for the first four or five years. Typical Greek setup where two, two, three families live in a house. Two, three families. That's what, so, so Gav, the Greeks were the original inventors of what the Vietnamese do now, right? You see a lot of Vietnamese, they end up, two families buy a house, they try and pay it off. Right. And then what happens is they then move on and try and do their own. So it was, we, we lived in uh, Homesdale Street where Newtown Jets um, play. Where's that? Where's, where, in Newtown? In Maryville. Maryville. We lived there and we lived with my, uh, my mum's sister. We lived there, the two families. And then my parents- Moved out and they went to um, to Belmore, and Belmore is where I um, ended up uh, growing up till the age of twenty twenty one. And so you were born in Greece or Australia? Australia. So you were born in Australia. Families from Greece. Yeah. You guys live in a house with two families. Yeah. How many people are all up? My brother hadn't been born then, so it was three of us, and it was four of them, so it was seven. We did have my grandmother. So that was um, eight. How many bedrooms and bathrooms? Just out of interest in that house. Hallway one, two, two bedrooms off the hallway, lounge room, kitchen that opened up to a backyard. I and think she, I can even tell you it was 36 Homedale Street, Marrickville. And bathrooms? One bathroom. <laughs> so you're sharing a bathroom with eight people. I used to complain because I grew up with, my brother, mum and dad, and we had to share one bathroom and I used to complain about that. So it's good to even put that in perspective. Okay. So you grew up there, Belmore up until you were 22, 23, then where'd you go? I lived at home. So the Greek way is back then, you live at home till you get married. So that happened around in my mid twenties. I wanted to get, listen, Gab, I wanted to get out of, I wanted to get out of Belmore. I wanted to get out of Belmore. Why? Well, you know what Belmore and Lakemba is known for these days, right? It's tell me, I don't. Tell okay, me. so what's, what's what's a stereotype? Okay, like shootings, you know, crime, a lot of drugs. It was weird because 
on the one hand, they were my friends, but in my head, I kept thinking to myself, I was always had imagination. I was always imagining and I'm thinking to myself, man, I'm a lot better than this. It's just the way the the birth lottery has happened that it's ended up this. This is a birth lottery thing. And and I and I just knew I could change the trajectory of my life. And I knew, I knew that a lot of it had to do with changing the geography of where I am. The geography of where you are is important. Like if you if you think about it, like if you're a heroin addict yep. and you're in a home with five heroin addicts and you want to quit heroin, that's not the place to be, right? The environment that you're in does affect the trajectory of your life, you know? Right. right. What do you think it was that made you realize you had to do that, number one? And number two, what was the catalyst, if you like, of you knowing you wanted more than what the stereotype was of, you know, those suburbs? The catalyst was, Gav, back then, the drug that was going through Belmont Lakemba was heroin. You ever do it? Never, never. The two, one, one of the things that just freaked me right out is on a Friday night, I told my parents, we're going out to uh, watch videos. So watching VHS videos was your night out when you're a young kid. We went there and we always drank mixed drinks, this and that. But on this occasion, one of the guys there, man, I saw it in front of my own eyes. He, you know, he shot up heroin, put it in a spoon and Jesus. that whole look. And man, I don't know. I just, I started shivering because I'm thinking to myself, man, I'm, my parents would be freaking out that I'm here. Then I had another person that lived in the next street that died of a heroin overdose. And for me, that was clear. It was very clear. They're good people. They're in a bad spot. And, um, I just thought to myself, let's get, let's finish, finish off here. Let's finish, finish the HSC, right? And um, so you fin- you finished HSC. Finished HSC. You get a good mark. Very good. I was okay. I was I was pretty good. I was pretty good at school. I was pretty good at school. I've noticed your ability to learn is exceptionally high because if you have a look at your interviews over the years and you study them like I have, why I think your insight into the real estate industry is so valuable is because you take nuggets from all of the top practitioners from across the country and you put it all in one basket. So, I mean, I've noticed that for a long time, but okay, okay, let's continue and we'll get into the real estate part later. First, I just want to talk more about you. 22, 23 Belmore, then what happens? I get married. How old were you when you got married? 25, 26. Got married, Young. got married sooner than I, sooner than I wanted. My wife was pushing, you know? Yeah. But on still, the other- Still together today? Still together so, today. About 30, 30 years now. So still, is that right? Yeah, about 30 years. And you've got three kids, right? Two, two daughters. Two daughters, sorry. Two daughters. Oh, you know, two daughters. Chrissy? Is it Christina? Christina. Madeline. Madeline, that's it. You know? Yep, yep, yep. yep. And I'm over the moon about Madeline because she told me she was going to- She's a very smart, attractive young girl and she was going to go live in Canberra. She just finished her HSC and then at the last minute, she just changed her mind and she stayed at New South to do commerce law and I'm just over the moon about the fact that she's not- it's 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 the Greek in us, you know. Keep your kids, sure. You know, she's, keep them at, keep them at home till they want to leave, home. and even then try to keep them at home. Yeah. Jews are the same. Yeah, we're exactly the same. Yeah, a lot of similarities. Very. Yeah. So so Gav, getting married was a bit of a ticket to get out of there. Right. Why? Because it was like, hey, to my family, hey, I'm getting married. I'm starting uh, starting my I got you, starting got you, my got you, life. Got you, got you. Yep. That was good. You know, I ended up spending most of my life living in Newtown. 
Okay. You know? Yeah. And I love Newtown. I yeah. love Newtown as a suburb. I love Newtown as a as a property, place to put money in property, right? Yeah. I've worked in that area, auctions and what have you. And that was it, Gav. I mean, so Belmore is an interesting, Gav, I went back and I lived in Belmore for a month. Yeah. Three years ago. Surreal experience. I went back there and lived there. I lived there when my brother was dying. I was going to say, I assume it's because you moved in yeah. with your mom and him and you wanted to be with it. Yep. Yep. And it was, it was a weird feeling because, Gav, if you can just picture- You it felt like you were going backwards. It felt like I was going backwards. Yeah. I mean, you're sitting in the same lounge room. You were sitting there as a, as a seven, eight-year-old, you know? And then I would wake up in the morning and- Because I always get up early at five. And I'd go down the road to Burwood Road, Bilmore, and I'd get a coffee. Yeah. And- You must be like a fucking hero in that area. I, <laughs> I think what's happened is the time I was doing Sky News- Yeah. That sort of gave you- Elevated your profile. Yeah, yep. gave you consumer. So, so people do look at you, and I was known in, in Belmore through, through my parents, but Gav, it, it has changed. It's surreal, but I have to tell you, it was good to, to leave that suburb. Yeah, 100%. And where did the real estate phase of your life start, and why real estate? Accidental job. I'm at uni. I'm smiling and laughing because so many of these guys I talk to who are the top, it's always fell into it, accidental. Anyway, continue. Yeah, this 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 is not a case of the ones you know. You know all these followers that come after you, Gav. They they're currently at at college or they're working at some pub, right? Or like you know, Saleh working as a bouncer, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. This is not like that. You know, where man, I'm going to become a property person. Yeah, yeah. This is this is purely man. This is the universe putting someone. Exactly where they're meant to be. Hundred percent. Exactly what it is. And I was very lucky because the office that I worked and I spent my early years in real estate, Chambers Fleming, the professionals at Padstow. So you started as a real estate agent. Started off as a real estate. And how did you get into that? Sorry. Local newspaper saw an ad, <laughs> picked it up. Went out there. I mean, I clearly, I, I mean, it was so funny. I clearly remember the interview. The guy said, John Ausner, he passed away about uh, a year ago. He turned around and he said, here's the deal. We broke out laughing in the interview. He goes, you're on $300 a week. After three months, I'm going to put you on 600 bucks a week. When do you want to start? I said, I'll start in three months then. <laughs> <laughs> and he just broke out laughing and he turned around it's and like, he said- I want to hire this guy straight yeah, away because that's this, what I would say. Yeah, this guy's quick, right? Yeah, this yeah. guy's quick there. Yeah. Started, Gav, I was successful right from the first day. Right. Day one, straight away. As a sales practitioner, you hit it off from the beginning. Straight away. Right. So you're kind of like, I'm meant to be doing this. 100%. You, you, could, you could tell straight away because going back to this thing about being a quick learner, observation that I've, like I say, identified on you just from being very close to you over the years and, and interacting with you a lot, it's, it's a very important skill to have, isn't it? Being able to learn, being able to adapt and being able to, to progress on that basis. Gav, if someone can get to the point where they're able just to take down, whether it's ego, whether it's your certainty, if you're able to just to take it down a bit and say, hang on a second, pause here for a moment. There's something here that could be a learning here. If you can get to that and if you can stick with that belief for the rest of your life, which is that I'm always learning, yeah. 
life is going to be so much better. You know that's my fucking mantra. I know. Like it's and it's crazy because before we started this podcast you and I just having conversations like you say we don't get to catch up as much as we would like. I was talking to you about things like the show and the business and I said, you know, all great to be prospecting particularly at the earlier stages of your career. You never stop prospecting, but you want to prospect so hard and productive to the point where you as an agent become the prospected. And you go straight away I'm going to write that down. So even now, there is no one in your space who comes close to you, in my opinion. I'm not just biased. I, I, I've looked at all of them. No one comes close. Still to this day, to adapt that, you, like you always say to me, don't only talk about it. You are about it. So, Gav, example, it's, it's awkward because I'm talking to you and I've heard something that I think to myself, that's gold. And I know Dude, that I never remember things. So it, even though it stops the fluency because I've got to stop looking at you, I type it in there because I know the value of that information is going to help me a lot. It's going to help me a lot in my own life. It's going to help me a lot in me teaching other people. But that's why you're successful. No, you're, no, curious. Listen, you're curious. You're curious. Today, we're not talking about me. I gave you the brief. This is all about you. So you're a successful real estate practitioner at this office. You make it 300, then it gets to 600, or maybe you went straight up to 600. Who fuck knows? Where to from there? Open up an office with a business partner. What area? What area? Marrickville. Yep. And you do that, Gav. And the reason why you do it is that if in your DNA is about bigger, better, growing- Progression. You're always planning the escape. Right. The escape from your current situation- to a new situation. Yeah. Not the escape from jail, but the escape from what is considered a level three, you want to go level four. So you're constantly planning the escape. I want to go level 650,000 million, if yeah. that is a level, you know, but I, I relate to that. I get you. Yeah. Well, the fact that you've mentioned that number, you have a mindset that that exists. Yeah, right. Right. And that's a good thing because if you believe something exists and you have a belief that there is abundance out there, life is so much better because Gav, there are so many people, there are so many people that don't think that exists. So what they think is there's only 10 levels. And for you to get to 10 levels, you got to smash other people because what will happen is you can only get there if someone loses, right? Right. But that's not a good mindset to have. I get sick of it hearing good clients that are like friends of mine that say, mate, Tommy, I can tell. They ring me up and they say, man, what am I going to do about this guy? Mate, he just slags me off and slags me off. I saw your post and, yeah. and it said something along the lines of if you're talking bad about another agent, you're an idiot. And I thought- that's why I always resonate with your content because there are so many correlations in my own business. Earlier days, it was different, but for the last three or four years, you'll never, ever, ever hear me slag off another agent, ever. If someone brings up another agent, you know what I say? They're a great operator. Then I park it and I focus on me and the value I'm going to add to them. I get listings, and this is crazy, off of vendors saying to me, the amount of bad things your competitors say about you yeah. only tells me you're doing something right. Like I have had multiple vendors selling eight, nine, $10 million properties that have categorically told me that's the reason why they're giving me the listing. The minute someone slags another person to me, my instinct straight away is they're jealous and that person gets underneath their skin. That's what I think. That's my natural in instinct. Yeah, it of makes sense. That. Makes sense. 
Makes sense. Okay, so you open your own office with a partner, yeah. Marrickville, then what happens? So, Gav, we smash it in real estate as well. He is more the admin running the business. Yeah. I'm the guy that is- You can fucking sell ice to ask I'm, I'm listing. I'm listing, listing, <laughs> listing and selling. And what happens is, man, I'm doing it for a few years and before you know it, other companies, that's how I got into training. Other companies are saying, man, just come and tell us how you're getting all these listings. You know, you're new to a new area. And that was the beginning. And then it got to the stage. I think it, was, I think it would have been about six years, Gav, that it got to the stage where my business partner said, man, listen, you're making money outside of the business. Yeah. As a, you know, and I, understand, I respect that because you're in a partnership. Yeah. But I'm sort of picking up all this. You're money. veering your focus, yeah, and he's not seeing a dime of it. Correct. Fair. Okay. So, so, so I said, mate, yeah, like, and then before you know it, I end up taking on a, a training role for Rain and Horn, right? Rain and Horn doing right. that national training, right? Doing a bit of auction. Angus Rain at the time. Angus Rain. Yeah. I started. I started the same week with Angus. I've studied the predecessors, not not people now. I study people from before. So yeah, yeah. yeah. He's good. He, from what I understand, big business. He did good. Yeah. Listen. They were good people. Yeah, they sure. they treated me well. Angus Rain, you're working with him then. I work with Angus, and, and you left the Marrickville office. Your partner brought you out. Yeah, you've gone yeah. on to training. You probably developed more of a passion for that anyway. Yeah, loved yeah. it, loved it. And as I say, make passion your paycheck. That's formula in life. One of the many lines I've stolen. From yeah, you. yeah, yeah. And make it. You know, Gav. At the moment, my formula. Like this morning again to Susan. Susan throws me this thing. Oh, look at this. Do do this. I said, Susan. Because I've, I've had a bit of a r- bad run with yeah, this with this yeah. double COVID hit. I said, Susan, don't stress me out. Does it meet ELF, effortless, lucrative, fun? Does it meet that model? She goes, well, it's paying good. I said- It's not effortless Okay, fun. so it's lucrative, right? Yeah, but where's the E? Where's the F? Is it fun? I'm already pissed off talking about it, so it's not fun. I said- E, is it effortless? It means I've got to sit down and I've got to start designing new content. I can't just go off and say what I want to say. I said, forget it, you know? You're also at a point now when you've been in this industry for how many years? Um, 35. 35 years. You have paid your dues. So you're not saying you're in a position where you're arrogant. You're always learning because I don't believe someone arrogant associates learning mentality. The opposite ends of the spectrum. But you've paid your dues for 35 years. You're now in a position where you can have that elf criteria. Starting out in any industry or business, whether it's an agent or a speaker, I think they've got to look to take what opportunities they can get so long as it does pay a bill and it's in line with their brand. So that also depends what chapter you're at. Do you agree? One million percent. Yeah. One million percent. A guy rang me up to, to, to book a training talk for him and I gave him the fee and he said, Tommy, what happened to the good old days when you used to come in occasionally? You know, we'd give you a couple of grand. We'd be there two, three hours, this and that. He goes, what happened? I said, I'll tell you what happened. I've picked up a 1,000 clients since then. <laughs> I've That's paid my dues. Isn't it, Gabe? It's, like, it's like saying, look, LeBron James's contract when he was a rookie, damn fucking big contract. But the last contract he just signed, way bigger. Why? Because since then, he has proven his worth and his value. It's no different. So, so Gav, this is a profound learning if you think about it, because in the industry of real estate, we've got people that haven't earned the right to run an elf business. Correct. 
They're Correct. young, they haven't got in line and stayed in line. But what they're doing is they're looking across the table and they're saying, but that guy is having an elf business. He's not going out there and door knocking. He's not going out there and calling strangers that don't want to be interrupted, right? Right? But what that person is not seeing is 11 years of darkness, right? 11, sometimes 20. 20. You know, 20. 15, depending on you want to get to that level 650 million or whatever number I pulled out. That's that's time, baby. You need time. It's a, Gav, it's, it's, it's a minimum a decade, but right? It's a minimum, minimum a decade, minimum. right? Minimum. Right? This, th- this thing that we're hearing right now, like in 18 months, you're up and, and running, mate. No, no, not true. Okay, so- and I love because we're going through little little gold along the way. So I'm really enjoying this conversation. So it'll be the longest podcast. I hope you don't mind. Pleasure. Um, you do a training with Angus Rain and Rain and Horn. Then where? Then Gav, we're trying to have a baby. You and your wife. Me and my wife. Yep. We're trying to have a baby. We've tried for two years. And um, it was weird because she didn't want to have a baby. And then all of a sudden, she's realized, man, my time's running out. And We've lost the friends that we've had because they've had babies. It becomes different, man. It's there. We've got a few friends. We've got Len and Alan, two gay guys that are close friends of ours, right? And then- They want to hang out with people with kids and they want to- Correct. So what happens is, and we're getting desperate because she's in her mid-30s and we're getting desperate. And out of the blue, a guy by the name of Anthony Caceres rings me up while I'm at Rain and Horn. He says, I want to meet you. Cut a long story short, I beat up with him. He was a headhunter. Yep. Michael Hannon, who owned the Wentworth Courier. He was News Corp, right? Before he was News Corp. Oh, before he was News before. Corp. Before. Right. He owned the Wentworth Courier, had appointed him to come and approach me. Right. I know I've sold properties for their family. Right. You know, so they're a good family, very great, wealthy family. Great, very, great family. Okay. So what happens is Anthony says, Michael Hannon wants you to do what you do for Rain and Horn on vendor paid marketing yep. about pushing property to be well exposed. Yep. He wants you to do it for the whole New South Wales market. Right. So I said, oh, media, <laughs> right? Anyway, cut a long story short, Gav, smart man. Interviews me in the Vogue building. So I'm sitting in the Vogue building Sexy and all you've got is models coming left, right and centre. And he goes, this is where your office is going to be. And he goes, and the other thing is, Smart man. He read the play, goes, the other thing is, I believe you've spoken to Anthony and you you don't want to be travelling because you're trying to have a family and there's no travel with this job. And that was the clincher. He found like the hot- a listing. The guy's yeah. fucking. He's just listed you exclusively for the next X amount of what your contract is going to be. Yeah. Why he was also smart was because he got you. Now, an opportunity like that doesn't roll around often. Some people with the wrong mentality in their mind will say you were lucky. Other people with the right mentality would say you got it because you were great. And I think that's something that always needs to be addressed. There is always an element of luck in everything we do. But my belief, correct me if I'm wrong, if all of the stuff you did to that point was shit, was average, you weren't making noise, you weren't getting noticed, you weren't providing value, I don't think you would have got that opportunity. No, because there would have been another 10 people around the country that were doing what I was doing, but I got the attention of Michael Hannon. How? I How? I think what it was is he'd open up the Wentworth Courier. Yep. 
and he's looking at the ads. And I think on one occasion, he's rung up an agent that had five or 10 pages in there. And he said, you know, how do you do it? And this agent, I think, has said to him, Tom Panos tells me um, how to do it. So that was where he's got introduced to it. Gav, that was a turning point because even though I'd never thought about media in my life, that was the turning point. And one thing led to the other. I go work for Michael. You start to meet everyone, all the top players. You start to, and that's where it takes off, right? Mate, within two years, Michael sells out to News Corp for 500 million. So two years later. What year is that? 206. So that's like, that's like billions today. 206, you get 500 million. And, and, and the deal was, get ready for it. This freaked me out. The deal was. You had to stay on. Panos had to stay <laughs> on in, in, in the thing, right? That, that's the deal. I love that. But I'll tell you a big learning. I love talking about this. Uh, a big learning because. Because I don't know a lot of this stuff about you, right? So no. Is, yeah, yeah. Gav, listen to this. Yeah, I caught cancer in that year. Michael Hannon advances, I think it was like about nine months' salary in my bank account, calls me in and he turns around and he says, listen, you've had a speed hump. It wasn't a speed hump. It was stage four cancer. He goes, you've had a speed hump. But I'm letting you know there's money in your account. We've transferred it. If you want to come to work, you come to work. If you don't want to come to work, don't come to work. I need you to know that money is not going to be a problem while you just- What a fucking gentleman. So, Gav, fast forward when he sells to news and he says to me, Tom, I need you to stay there. You're not saying no. You're saying yes straight away. These guys- How can you not? You've got this moral obligation like- I think the two learnings there are the second one, the one you pointed out, but the second one is when you know you got someone good, when you know you do, you look after them. You do everything you possibly can. I'm not saying everyone's going to always stay with you. And there are factors you can't control. People may go off, do different things. That may be their destiny, maybe better, maybe worse. But to me, the big learning there is when you have someone who is so special like yourself, you do things to suit them. You know what I mean? To, yes. to, to, to build that loyalty and keep them around. I think that's important. I reckon one of the things that really disappoints people is when they do that to someone and the person's a jerk later on. And yeah, that does happen, yeah, mate. That, that does happen, that, Gav. That, you know? But you know, you can't, this is what I'm saying. Focus on the controllables. Yeah. You do everything you can, and if they end up doing the wrong thing by you, again, I believe that's the universe saying they're not meant to be with you anyway. Yeah. So I take confidence in that. Okay, so you've taken over News Corp. They sell $500 million. How do then you go to becoming the icon, not only in Australia, because people fucking know you in London, people know you in New Zealand, people know you in the States. You know, How do you go from there to becoming the real estate trainer? You learn a very important skill. And that is be an incredible presenter. Be an incredible presenter because in every interaction- You need that even in real estate. Listen, Gab, think about this. So I've gone from Belmore to a real estate office in Padstow to doing my own little office in Marrickville to then Alexandria with Michael Hannon. The next thing you know is I'm at News Corp. Within three months, I can't get over it. The CEO of News Corp comes in and goes, Tom, you're, you're, gonna, you're head of real estate for all of News Corporation. So what happens is there, they start giving me these spreadsheets. I'm looking at, the last time I looked at a spreadsheet was, you know, planning the wedding, right? Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm looking yeah. at spreadsheets. 
four five hundred million dollars in revenue there, right? So you're sitting there, you're looking at these things yield there. Oh, by the way, Tom, Mr. Murdoch is coming here for our strategy meeting. You're going to be you're going to be covering uh, real estate, right? So you present to Murdoch. I presented to Rupert Murdoch three times. Fuck. Three right. times. Oh, right? I don't want to talk about that too, all right? mate. So we so, have to push the training back. Tell the girls, okay? Right. So. <laughs> Importance of presentation. Got to learn how to present, right? Importance, yeah. and I still remember the the first meeting with 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 Rupert Murdoch. How was that? What was he like? What was In he Melbourne, yeah. he'd come to visit his mother. He'd come for her, her birthday. So what happens is I've spent one month preparing for this meeting, Gav. Preparation. One month. We sit down, and he says. He hated Fairfax, right? Like, you know, that's it. He goes, yeah, you know, Fairfax, let's do this or that. And he goes- Everyone's got competitors. They're good drivers. I've got a copy of the Wentworth Courier. So what I've done is I've picked the thickest Wentworth Courier that we'd had that year. Yep. Thick. Yeah. 300 pages. I put it down on the table. Murdoch picks it up, starts flipping through it. I'm thinking to myself, he's going to ask me about strategy. He's going to ask me about the team. He's going to ask- He's just flipping through. He goes, what's that house worth? I look at it. Auction, 5.7. What's that, what's that house worth? Is this legit or you just this, pulling? This, 10 million. Product knowledge, you know you should. Roughly, I'm looking at him, you know, this and that. Turns around. That was pretty much 45-minute chit-chat there. Yeah. He goes in front of the CEO. So he's got like a bodyguard there. Yeah. He's got yeah. a CEO. In front of the CEO, he goes, he goes, this man knows his stuff. Yeah. I never Product studied. Product knowledge, man. John McGrath says it. The, you know, we, he's the pioneer of the industry, one of the pioneers. Everyone says it. When you start out, know your shit. Whatever you're selling, know it because 99% of the other people don't. 100%. And it's that fucking simple. So, so again, even if I like, even if I got those auction properties wrong, like they're auctions. I mean, what's the right 100%, 100%. answer, right? But he walked away out of that meeting. And in my CEO's mind, I was now set for life. This guy here- Wanted you. Yeah. This guy here, man, he, he's good. That was a, a very big point because after that, I remember going, the next day I walked into News Corp, it was like, Tom can do what he wants to do. And then and then it was off from there. Okay. Yeah. So, I want to touch on just moving forward. I want to talk about adversity. I want to talk about- characteristics and behaviors today which are essential to build a six-star real estate business. I want to talk about the benefits of the podcast that you do with agents. Let's talk about adversity, sensitive subject. Mm. So for the people who don't know, and a lot of people do know, you've had cancer how many times? Three times. You've had cancer three times. You've gone through weight fluctuations where you've been extremely overweight, now you're extremely fit, and you've lost someone pretty recently who is extremely close to you. Hmm. Give me the lessons. Give, give me the lessons. There's got to be three to five lessons that you take from serious adversity, which can help, I think, everyone listening to this in one way or another. What are okay. they? So in my own health, Gavin, I wish it hadn't happened, but there's that saying, and a lot of people actually remember me by using that saying, some of the best gifts in life come badly wrapped, right? So so for me, Gavin, 2006, stage four, 2016, stage three, 2018, stage one. So I've had three diagnoses. So here are the, here are the, here are the, here are the learnings. Number one, shit things don't last. 
they don't last. So no matter how bad a situation is, even if you're in the darkness, in that moment, even right, you're in that hole, if you can just have even one small percent of your brain. Silver lining. To, to be, yeah, to be able to say, you've been down this path before. That's the bit that sort of says it sucks now, but soon it's going to stop pouring rain. It's ironically, it's been raining here for a week now, right? Eventually, it's going to it's going to it's going to stop raining, right? It's going to stop raining, right? That's the first. The second thing is that you actually learn there is suffering in life, Gavin. Yeah, it's not all good. It's going to happen. That's there is life. suffering. There's going to be adversity. There's going to be challenge. Some's going to be worse than others, but you got to prepare. Yeah. Some you can't prepare for, right? But someone, I think we might have been talking with. Someone here before, a mental blank, we talked about, you know, what's happening in the Ukraine. And I just sort of said, look, if it's not a war, it's a storm. If it's not a storm, it's a bad diagnosis. If it's not a there, someone else has just died. You're going to get punched in the face, you know? Get used to it, baby. You get used to it. And, and there's something good out of it all. Everything. What happens is, get the person that walks into darkness is a different person that walks out. It's a better person. Yeah. That's the point of the storm. That's the point of the storm. But the adversity of my brother, it's it's fucked me, Gaff. Yeah. No matter what way I try and reconcile it. Yeah. So he he unfortunately passed away. Um, he died at 41. And I've done the work. I've gone to the psychologist. Sure. Okay? I've done that. Yeah. You know, fundamentally, I have an issue. I physically miss him. I have people that say to me, he's always there. I fucking try. But for me, it hasn't worked. It's sad. And yes, I've read a lot of the books, take what good came out of it. But I still have a fundamental issue. I wake up some days and my instinct is, I'm just going to quickly have a text my brother. I forget that he's dead sometimes, Gav. And then I remember and I get sad for a few seconds and I thought that that's, you know, what do you do? The opposite, what do you do? So you turn around and you say you implode and you make things hell. Yeah. And that's a worse scenario than moving forward and accepting there will always be something missing, and that's what I've chosen to do because the opposite, I implode, I dig myself in a hole, I dig my parents in a hole, and- um, It's almost your responsibility to try and move it forward as best as you can with accepting what is happening. Mate, you were there. You're one of the first people at my brother's funeral. Mate, I hate talking. It's know? the one point I, I just you know, don't you, like talking you, 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 I just, I hope, I hope, I hope nothing bad happens to you, Gab. I hope- you know, nothing, you know. I kept thinking of Gary V at the funeral because when I went to America to do the Gary V interview in 2006, because he didn't come to Eric, he, he was done by video. Gary V said to me as I was leaving, he said, mate, at the end of the day, six, eight people closest in your life, if nothing happens to them really, really bad, everything else is detail. Right? Yeah, 100%. And then I'm sitting there at the funeral and I thought, fuck. I copped the thing that he was talking about, you know. I copped the thing that he was talking about. That's the bit, Gav, that I haven't been able to reconcile. I have to move forward. I have to move forward. But, Gav, 
in terms of adversity. And the lessons, prepare almost for the worst so you can do your best is just kind of what I'm taking from that. A hundred percent. And if you fact, listen, if you factor that in, like life is pretty good now because, you know, three times cop illness, I've already, my brain's already gone to funerals and death of my yeah. own. I've already gone there. Yeah. And the fact that I'm not there, like even now. Treatments, chemo, treatment. I mean, I don't want to get too into that because we've got a lot to talk about. I mean, wow. Mate, I cop, I've told you I cop double COVID, right? Cop the Delta, cop there in, in a four-week period. Man, I'm going to a RPA hospital, man, because it's all on one central health system. They're, look, they're looking at it, and I can see that their eyes are bobbling. They're going, oh, six, they're, they're counting all the treatments, this and that. And then the next thing I know is they're saying, man, listen, immune suppressed, COVID two times in them. Like before I know it, there's seven people around me, this, this and that, right? I never went on a, I never went on a, onto um, Dude, ventilators. I don't, even, I don't even like getting a blood test. Injections freak me the fuck out. So like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. So, so life, life is good now because- You're a positive thinking man and you like to focus on that rather than the negative. Doesn't mean you're invincible. You like to look forward and not back while still appreciating. Control the controllables. Exactly right. I want to chat about real estate agents. Yeah. I mean, there's just so much to say about it. You know, it's, it's, uh, I feel it's become kind of like the UFC. Everyone's uh, a world champ at something. You know, they're the world champ at uh, highest value. They're the world champ at most transactions. They're the world champ at most commissions. They're the best on rate my agent in a suburb. They're the best on realestate.com in a suburb. They're the best on, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Fuck all of that, right? You have met the best real estate agents in the country. I want to know from you in a step, whether it's five or 10, what you need in terms of characteristics or behaviors to be one of the best real estate agents in the country. Go. In short summary, hard work doesn't guarantee you success, mm -hmm. but the absence of hard work mm -hmm. means you won't be successful. So let's just Fact. turn around, okay? Yep. Let's just turn around because it would be wrong for me to say, mate, if you're a hard worker, because there's a lot of people that are just brain dead, that can't read the play, yep. that work hard. And so don't go anywhere. Yep. Yeah, okay. Yep. Number two, hard to teach this, hard to teach this. There's a certain group of people that can really suss out a situation that others can't suss out. Smell. We call it reading the play. We're calling it smelling it, right? Nose for it. Very difficult. You could go do a three-year degree on reading the play. You're probably not going to improve that much. It is instinctively in people's DNA. Or if you're focused and engaged enough and put emphasis on learning, experience will teach you that. It will teach you that. Over time, I'm saying. It, it'll, Gav, it will probably take you- you won't become best in the world, no. but you'll become good enough to earn a lucrative living out of real estate and say, this is great. Those two things, Gav, are very, very important. And the third thing that's important is just like we were talking about the environment that you're in. Like, I wanted to get out of Belmore, yep. right? A heroin addict that wants to give up heroin wants to leave a house with other junkies. The truth is, if you're in an environment full of dickheads, yep. you might- be hardworking, yeah. and you might be able to read the play, but that environment is essentially managing your behavior. So you do want to be in a great environment, right? Okay, that's three. The, yeah. the next one would be 
that the biggest problem in real estate is so many girls and guys can do most of the bits right, but they're not Teflon. They're Velcro towards failure and rejection. Right. And what I mean by that is, let's face it, we're going to get let down. You're going to spend three meetings with someone. They're going to give you the vibe you're getting it, right? They're going to fuck you. They're going to fuck you, right? So you are the sort of person that says, fuck it. I'm pissed off. Maybe for an hour. I don't know. Half an hour. 20 minutes. 20 baby. minutes. Okay. So, 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 and so, that's so, the most. Because it is human to feel something. Gav, there are people that are doing it for 20 months. They're not getting over things, right? This is the thing. The personalization of rejection, right? It's a big thing because unlike if I go buy a brand new car, yeah. I'm going in to the salesperson. In the business that we're in, we're reaching out to a lot of people and they're shrugging us off all the time. You've got to be able to handle these shrugs. And I agree with that so much. We're in an energy-based business. Energy for a real estate agent is their currency. It's not money. Their currency is energy. And a lot of these guys, when they get set back, get put so deep into a hole, they don't realize it's costing them on their currency because it brings their energy so freaking low. Yes. I respect that. All right, number five. Keep going with this. I love this shit. Okay, number five, Gab. I would probably say the good ones now, I notice, they've got this combo of they're not Bill Gates in technology, Mm -hmm. but they've picked up the basics. Yep. We're talking media. Media, understanding. Social. Social, understanding video, right? Understanding positioning. Yep. Personal brand shit. Personal brand stuff, right? They understand that in real estate, let's be clear, there's only one thing, get listings. So some people have got this ability to have a hybrid model. The hybrid model is my brand and my positioning is attracting stuff, but in addition to that, I've got a team behind me that's reaching out. They're they're a Manila call center. They're calling, calling, calling. And when I add the two together, I've got this explosion. And then because I've got this explosion, I've got success marketing because everyone wants to be going with a person that's got recency. Recency trumps loyalty, Gav. You know it. In this business anyway. And that's two points because point one is digital media company. Build your own personal brand. The other point to me, which is the most important point, these are in no uh, list of order. It's just what you need. Team is fucking everything. It's, every, it's, it's that's it. That is from the, that's the foundation for me. The rest is as important, but it's so freaking important to today because of consumer expectation. Have a good team. So, Gav, if you want to in real estate, write a million or two million bucks, you can get by with you and a couple of people, right? If you want to start yourself, you want to do something special, yeah. right? If you want to do something special, if you want to actually not just participate in the market, but just totally dominate the market, the bigger the dream, the bigger the team. Yep. Here lies the problem. Most good salespeople, I've noticed a shift with you, right? You've transitioned intelligently because most good people were lone wolves, right? And then what happens is, man, I want the money. I want the money. Keep up with that consumer expectation. Yeah. yeah. Just not today. Uber fucked us all. 100%. Irrespective of the market, you need team. Even before Uber, championships are won 
with team, even take put basketball aside that I always talk about. Let's talk about tennis. I watched a movie, King Richard, Will Smith. Oh my God, what a movie. Highly recommend. They have teams. Yes, it's a single player. They've got coaches. They've got influences in their life. They've got team mentality and application wins championships. 100% Gav. 100%. I've seen you do that. It's, it's, listen, it's not easy because all of a sudden you've got to go to the awards night and you've got to be pumped that the person that's getting the award is not just you, but it's other people. It takes a special person to actually feel absolute elation for someone that joined with them that might have been struggling elsewhere. You put time and energy into that person. Oh, it fucking gets me going in another way. Man. Doesn't it? So, Gab, all of a sudden, your currency changes because the currency used to be money me, for me. Me, 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 me. A salesperson's life can be very selfish, but when you shift, one of the biggest points, because I've learned so much in the last few years that I've picked up, it's like as good to me, to see someone I've assisted succeed, prosper, and do well, on the same level as like good sex. Yeah. So you know what I'm yeah. saying? And it's like, like, just the greatest pleasures. It's 100%. The currency changes in life, Gav. That your currency changes. It evolves. It's a, the other stuff has not shifted. I still love selling more than it, but it's just, it evolves. So you add more, you add more, you add more, you discover, right? Yeah. Yeah. Are we missing anything? Or you think that's a plan you write down, you're missing product knowledge, but we did speak about that, so, I think. Uh, look, I, I mean, to me, product knowledge, Gav, should be like, it's just like the basic building block. And right now, there is like, if you can't beat someone on experience, you can beat them on product knowledge, For right? Sure. You can beat them on product knowledge. Realestate.com domain, CoreLogic RP data basically gives you product knowledge degree in a week. All you do is look at every property that has sold in the last three months. You look at every property that's on the market. If you're super, super smart, you're actually walking into a listing presentation. You've printed off the brochures of the other properties. You've, you've gone in to see them. You've, you've gone, gone in to auction. see them. It is number one. You've gone in to see them. Shock and all the clients. 100%. Buyers who become sellers, shock them based off your knowledge, and sellers, shock and awe so they remember you because they're talking to four or five people, doesn't matter what they say. And in order to stand out, because it's a game of inches like everything, shock and awe them. You've got to walk out of that house and they more or less, not they're going to do it literally, but metaphorically, a standing ovation. Performance. Oh, it all it all relates to everything you're saying. Learning how to present. That all that all has play. All right, cool. I think that's really useful. Next point I want to talk about is your interviews and your podcast with real estate agents. Okay. I don't actually think people realize how fucking valuable these are. First interview you and I ever did, you probably don't remember. First time we ever met, it was in Eric. We were at the airport. And you came over to me, quite a tall guy. Or I'm just a short guy. And I remember you looking down and saying- I just remembered now. I remember, yeah. I've heard some good things about you. It was casually, it wasn't planned. I've been, been hearing your name a little bit. I remember like it was yesterday. I'd love to get you on a podcast. Yeah. Would you be interested to be Kim? That's when we first met. You, you want to show a photo. Our first podcast, I was 24 years old. I was, no, I wasn't 24, I was 26, sorry. I was 26. And how old were you that time, you reckon? Uh, so, Gav, let's work it out. So, that's eight years ago. So, I was 46. 46 years old. We had an, had an interview at this point. This is how far our relationship goes back and it built strength to strength. We've done hundreds since. But why I was so excited to be on this was because my learning of the industry began with your podcasts and other agents. 
And I think people don't understand how valuable the content you put out is. The ones that come to my mind, right? That changed my world. You always hear me talk in podcasts about how I studied the industry and how I look for patterns on how to be successful. There's not really a manual for that shit, but your podcasts somewhat are. So the ones that stick out to me are, we've got John McGrath, that three part you did with him. Yeah. We've got Adrian Bowe. Yeah. Marcus Ciminella. Yeah. I mean, legends of the game for free talking about how they did it. How valuable has that part of your business been and how many freaking people do you think it's helped? Gav, I couldn't put a, a number on it because, I mean, I don't, I don't have a, a, a system or a methodology to do it, but I learned a long time ago that ABE versus ABC, always be educating. Instead of trying to ABC, always be closing the client, yeah. I had a model. I would just educate the market. And what I'll do is... I'll actually cut through because one of the things that I'm good at is that what someone is saying to me, I'm able to, yeah, move move past it and actually say, hang on. Summarize, let's, exclamation yeah. point, here's the bottom line. Correct. So I can actually say it better than them, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, because I'll, I'll say it in 10 seconds. I'll say it in three minutes. The amount of times in that interview was my first. I think I remember just waffling and then you saying one line and me saying, you said it better than me. Yes. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Yeah, right. I just, I want you to know, and and look, just on behalf of myself and everybody in the industry, I don't actually think you are aware of the impact that you have had to so many people's lives. You know, I thank you for that. Thank you, Gav. I, 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 I was never very mindful of it, but I am more, I'm more mindful of it now. I get bombarded, like I, know I get bombarded yeah. and I'm always respectful. I've, always. It's hard to actually respond to everything. But Gav, listen, I've benefited out of it as well. Because so it's the best way anyone involved in a business deal or a product has to be mutually beneficial. If one person is winning, it won't last long. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I'm only doing, I'm only doing in my sector what good real estate people do in their sector. What's a good real estate agent do? They educate their market. Yep. This is selling for this. Yep. This is what's happening in the market. This yep. is what we think is going to happen in the next three months with the election, right? All I'm doing is educating the market because then people turn around and say, you know what? And the free stuff is got to be as good as the stuff they're paying for because if the free stuff is shit, That's the law, you're not baby. going to the next step, right? And you, your, your following is just built and built. I mean, we spoke about it before. Your content on Facebook Live gets mil- millions of views. It's, it's pretty incredible. So what you're saying is educate, value, compound, don't stop. Over time, that'll grow if what you're saying is valuable. 100%. Last point, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap up. This is a long podcast. This is the longest one I've ever done. So I love talking to this guy, man. Um, you're quite a wealthy man. <laughs> I, listen. A lot of people don't know, but you and I, uh, you know, I remember saying to you, I think the first interview we ever did, we've done a lot together because I know a lot of agents love to spruik what they make. And when I say make, they love to spruik their GCI, which as we know is not what they make. I always said to you from the beginning, Fine, if we had a good run for a month, we can talk about, you know, a, a spurt. I never want to talk about what I make. You remember that? Always. Yeah. I never want yeah. to refer to what yeah. I make, what I make. It's not much fucking business. However, you and I talk because I, I consider you one of my mentors. I always will talk to you and get your advice in areas I think you have expertise in because you've helped. You know, we always talk about investments, your portfolio, what you do, your business models. You're making millions of dollars a year. Mm. Not in GCI, in cash, straight to you with very, very little overhead. 
and you're investing majorly and properly, and you have been for many, many years. So you've got you've got a massive portfolio, right? So Gav, rule number one is leftover is far more important than turnover, right? Far more important. Explain that to me. So what you're left with in your pocket is far yes, more important yes, 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 yes. than the telephone numbers of this, this GCI. Yeah. Okay? But yeah, yeah. Right. That's the first thing. My brother would love that. Yeah, yeah. He, I, I could. <laughs> he's the sort of person that would like it, and I think everyone. I think everyone should like it because you don't want to fall into the trap. And there's plenty of businesses, both small real estate companies and public listed companies, that you know their paperwork does look good in revenues, but doesn't look fantastic in the P and L. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, Gav, so my model of, and please. It's just your opinion. It's not what works. Correct. It's just what's worked for you. Get Correct. That. Yeah. There are two vehicles that are operating for financial wealth. Number one is the profits that are coming in each year in my business. And the second one is the net increase of assets minus liabilities. So I'm looking, they're the two things that are growing. And what I've learned, and that's why, you know, I'm still addicted to property and I'm constantly like- I'm, You've got a good portfolio. I've got a good portfolio. Got so a, I started- People don't know, you're, I, you're a serious property investor. I started, so, so again, you're, you're buying fucking gas stations and apartment. Like, I, I, my, my, my current project that I'm pumped about is I'm going to build three luxury homes right. in Byron Bay, right? And um, they're in the best street in Byron <laughs> so Bay. don't know this shit about this right? guy. But the original investments were houses. Yep. In Newtown. I'm, you know, I love Newtown. Well, you, you live there with your wife, right? I, I live there, but a lot of these houses I've never lived in. Like, we still own them, but we've never, I've never lived in them, right? Right. So, what happens is the formula back then is when I had no money, yeah. it was very simple. Try and buy something that I saw some underlying value that I could add even more value. I could go to the bank about three months after settlement, bang, and say, guys, have a look at that. I've got a hundred thousand equity. That was phase number Just one. Just describe bang, because I get it. Yeah. But but so bang means essentially you'd buy a property you would see upside in, add the upside, the value of that asset would increase. You'd then go to the bank and say, Hey, I know I bought this at X, it's now worth Y. I've got equity in that. I want to pull it out and you went again. Correct. That's like money in your own bank account. Having money as an asset in the in property, it's like money in your bank account. And then what happens is you do the same. So you have the same formula. And before you know it, man, you're making money. You're collecting, baby. Yeah. But it does get tiring because, Gav, if you're going to use that formula and adding value, you've got to be across it. Then my next formula that I love with property was blocks of units. Blocks of gold, units fucking gold. Were, were very good because, Gav, what happens is you buy, say, a block of block of eight. Put another level on. Again. Another level, strata room yeah, if you like. Yeah. There are so many things that you can do with them. One set of, you know, uh, rates there. So property is good because if you think about it, Gav, if you're holding $30 million worth of real estate yep. and if you're in good prime areas yep. and you can work on 10%, yep. 10% yep. growth, right? Some years it's 20, some years it goes down, right? Ultimately, we know history facts. Long term, it goes one fucking way and that's normal. 100%. Yeah. But if you're in good good areas, yeah, right? Yeah, of course. So you're holding 30 million bucks worth of real estate. On January 1, you wake up, you're factoring 10%. You've made $3 million there. Three millions there was already made. Then you've got your your business coming in, right? And you know, like for me, it's so important that everyone knows what their daily rate 
is. You need to know because it affects the way you live your life. 100%. So if you know that- You're talking about like what's your time worth? Time. So it's so important. You ran this exercise with me not to worry. So so Gav, it's a very thing to do. All you do is you work out how many hours you're working and then you work out how much money you're making and then you come up and you say, that's my hourly rate. So per day, I'll multiply that by nine. This is what I'm worth per day. So if all of a sudden you're sitting at a cafe with some fucking, with some dickhead, (laughs) right? You're sitting there with some dickhead and you- Isn't this how you used to swear? You've really tapered that. It's good. But anyway, continue. Yeah. So, 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 <laughs> what happens is you just turn around. You just say you're sitting at a cafe with some dickhead. You're sitting like- there with it there, and you've just spent two hours just trying to be nice, but you don't want to be there, man. Not only are you mentally being impacted, but you've just realised, man, this has cost you three grand, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you start getting really precious with your time because you don't fart around because you know that time. Is money, Time right? Is you, you, money. Yes. I think everyone needs to do it. And I think if salespeople did this, they wouldn't be sitting in front of the computer on social media as much. And I don't think they'd be sitting around having, you know, water cooler talks as much, right? Because they'd realize, man, this thing has just cost me a grand. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, look, I can't speak on other industries because I don't have you know, in-depth experience, but I definitely know time thieves is a really, really big red flag for real estate. hundred percent. This has been my, I hope no one else gets a share. This has been my favorite podcast so far anyway. I knew it would be. I want to end on kind of cliche, but I haven't done it before. Your favorite quote, and you've got millions. I want to end this on, on your favorite quote that can add even some bit of value to anyone who's, who's listening to this in whatever they do. Your favorite quote is often affected by the mood that you're in at that current time, Correct. what season that you're in, yep. a high season yep. or a low season, right? I've had a low season over the last- Caught COVID twice. Caught COVID two times. Low immune in- system and you, you, you got Delta, you got- Delta Omicron, right? <laughs> so, so, so- How about the energy this guy is just- so, so for me, Gav, it has been two quotes for the month of February. I'll take that. My current situation- is not my final destination. So in the darkness, I keep reminding myself, February's going to finish. March, we're back in. I feel like that's been a quote for your whole life, man. For what you've been through, I reckon that's been a quote for your whole life. Anyway, always see the light. You're right. Kind of never as bad as it seems, never as good as it seems, keep it level. Correct. Got you, yeah. And probably, Gav, I know this is going to be very cliche but I live by it, and that is, it's not who you know, it's who knows you. I love that. Very important, Very Gav. important in real estate, man. Very important in anything, I think, yeah. right? Because even if we wind that back to you and your situation with Hannon wanting you on board, you didn't know Hannon. Hannon knew you because of what you did. Listen, man, we'll wrap up there. I wanted to thank you for everything. You have impacted my career in ways you don't know. Again, on behalf of everyone in the industry, for everything that you do, Thank you, brother. And thanks for everything. It's an absolute pleasure, Gav. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Thinking Outside the Box with Gavin Rubenstein. Subscribe now for future episodes.